chapter seven of the golden bough by george gibbs this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva camouflage roland's long strides overtook tanya before she reached the lighted spaces of the lawn he had called to her but she had not stopped and so as he caught up with her he barred her way down the path mademoiselle korasoff he blurted out eagerly just a word she stopped and faced him still pale in the moonlight but quite composed waiting for him to go on i-i've been placed in a false light i would like how monsieur she said indifferently what you saw just now there perhaps you think his words stumbled and at last failed completely for he saw that she was bent on making explanations difficult what does it matter to me she said whom you embrace and why he felt the sting under her words and realized that every phrase he uttered only placed him at a greater disadvantage i can make no explanation he muttered if you think me a fool i'm sorry and yet i'll prove that you're confidence was not misplaced another silence during which tanya walked onward without sign that she heard him madame rochal has just confided that she is an agent of the provisional government in russia and you believed her no but she believes that i believe her are you sure she shrugged you are no match for a woman of her antecedents i shall meet her with her own weapons it seems she said disdainfully that you have already begun well mademoiselle korasoff enough of this he said firmly and after a swift search of a bush nearby again placed himself in the path in front of her so that she couldn't pass him you may think me a philanderer if you like or a fool if that pleases you better but the end is worthy of the means already i've found out some of the things i wanted to know the vault beneath the tree will be robbed unless you and i can prevent her eyes flashed with sudden attention he had arrested her interest at last ah you know he grinned i'm in league with both burglars i've only consulted two there may be others soya rochal and Kodkina i suspect liederman also tanya stood silent a moment and then a wan smile rewarded him you see i was right and then bravely this must be prevented monsieur yes but how merely by robbing the vault yourself but i shall need your help mademoiselle this money must be removed for safe keeping until it can be properly used yes i can help in that we must waste no time the sooner the better where is the entrance to the vault an iron door near the wall beyond the mound i have a key meet me here then in the shadow of these trees to-night at one o'clock do you agree yes she said after a moment i must and do you forgive me for for she raised her head and looked past him toward the lighted windows what does it matter monsieur she said coldly whether i forgive or not come 
and moving quickly she led the way toward the house while roland followed still certain that however clever he thought himself he felt a good deal of a fool kotkina pacing the floor of his room upstairs awaited roland's coming impatiently but with an effort composed his features in a smile as the american appeared ah monsieur he said it is too bad that i should feel it necessary to interrupt your tete-a-tete with madame rochal who as we all know is the most charming woman in the world but the president of nemi is not a free agent there are matters requiring your attention in conference with me of course then may i go monsieur asked tanya from the doorway yes go said kodkina with an abstracted wave of his hand and a peremptory tone which made a frown gather at roland's brow gone were m kodkina's soft accents of greeting and his courtly bow and tanya seemed in awe of him her look hanging upon his commands roland remembered the agitation in her manner when she had come to summon him to this conference had kotkina frightened her to-night and how why was there something between them some threat of russian for russian born of politics or intrigue in which kodkina played the master hand or was it something nearer more personal it seemed curious to roland that he should be thinking of this for the first time he had formed his first impression of tanya there last night in the garden when clad in her cowl and robes she had seemed so abstracted from the world outside a very inferior mother superior as she had called herself and by this token secluded but very human he had considered the fact of her extraordinary beauty merely as a fortunate accident and having dismissed her relations with ivanitch from his mind had dismissed all other sentimental possibilities all that is except his own a love affair of course with kotkina perhaps and yet that would hardly explain the russian's attitude toward her to-night or hers toward him the one thing that seemed to rise uppermost in roland's mind was tanya's fear of kotkina as he joined the russian at the table by the lamp he found himself examining m kotkina with a new interest and a new antipathy i have here some documents requiring your attention in order that you may familiarize yourself with the order of business to-morrow when our circle is complete the report of herr liedermann from the socialists of germany that of mademoiselle kolodna from rome appeals from schestoff and Bartou. you will read them to-night monsieur willingly but this monsieur kodkina was not why you interrupted my tete-a-tete in the garden said roland slowly you had another motive kodkina smiled got up and shut the door and went on in a low tone why should i not be honest with you madame rochal is not to be trusted monsieur she has already surprised me 
she opposed liedermann in accepting you unreservedly as our leader it was from these two that i had expected resistance liedermann is a member of the reichstag madame rochal he shrugged if you can tell what she is you are cleverer than the rest of us she brings credentials from a central committee in bavaria but that means nothing such things are arranged i merely wished to warn you before you had committed yourself to her interests you need have no fear i've grown my pin feathers the cause in which we are interested is more important to me than the fascinations of madame rochal we understand each other monsieur we are friends you will help me i will help you we shall work together in a harmony that will bring great good to the world are you satisfied quite Kodkina offered his hand and roland took it longing at that moment in a boyish sense of bravado to try grips with the russian and see which was the better of the two but his common sense told him that if there were to be a trial of strength between them it would be a test of mind of roland's cleverness against the russian's finesse of the american's skill in dissimulation against kodkin's skill in intrigue as yet there was no damage done and with tanya's help roland perhaps held the stronger hand to show you the confidence i place in you monsieur roland i shall give you this and kodkina with a deliberateness intended to convey the importance of the matter took out of his card-case a small flat silver disc which he fingered a moment and then handed to roland the american examined it curiously it bore in low relief the double head just upon the pedestal in the room downstairs and below it the words rex nemorensis a proof of your confidence monsieur what the talisman of our society taken from the watch-chain of the dead priest worn only by the priest but known throughout europe shown to members of our committees it will carry you safely anywhere ah thanks monsieur you will forgive me for sending for you will you not but it will not do for you to move in the dark trust no one but me he took up the papers on the table and handed them to the american now go to your room and study these papers carefully with my notes upon the margins for it is according to this that the council must act to-morrow but see no one else to-night to-morrow morning i will come to your room and tell you of my plan to enter the vault i shall do as you suggest monsieur i am very tired when i read these papers i shall be ready for a good night of sleep that is well good night monsieur good night in the seclusion of his room the leader of nemi had much to think of the labyrinth had grown deeper its mazes were more tortuous but like theseus he still held to the silken cord which bound him to tanya korasov and having trusted to his own instincts he was now ready to follow blindly 
where she led him but it was clear that tanya had not underrated the skill and strength of monsieur kotkiner he was indeed an adversary worthy of any man's mettle under his polished veneer monsieur kotkiner was made of hardy wood of a fine grain but none the less strong because of that though there had been no chance to verify his impressions by a conversation with tanya roland had decided that kotkiner was working in the interests of germany for a separate peace with russia which would throw all the strength of the german armies upon france england italy and the united states a mere surmise and based upon the instinct that tanya was true and a friend of russia for which roland had fought and was fighting without tanya the whole structure of his intrigue fell to the ground if he believed that madame rochal was an agent of the provisional government of russia he must also believe that tanya was plotting against it and if madame rochal were an agent of the wilhelmstrasse working in the same interests as monsieur kotkina why should the russian distrust her and what was the threat which kotkina held over tanya there seemed no end to the tangle and no course of action but to move softly and await developments the story of the amount of treasure in the vault below the tree had opened his eyes here perhaps was the answer to some of the questions that perplexed him politics of the sort that had been disclosed here would stop at nothing the times in which he lived made murder a matter of small importance and what was his own career in france but that of murder highly specialized roland was sure that his own safety now hung upon his continued display of friendship and collaboration in m kotkina's plans and those plans in brief seemed to be nothing less than the looting of the strong-box of nemi before madame rochal or max liederman could get at it and for what cause for germany or merely for grisha kotkina roland had no weapons not even a pocket-knife and kotkina carried an automatic in his hip pocket for roland had contrived to brush his arm against it earlier in the evening the situation was interesting but hardly to his liking he longed for a good american colt revolver one shot of which well placed was worth all the automatics in the world but the business before him to-night admitted of no delay nor of any consideration for his own safety at one o'clock he was to meet tanya at the lower end of the garden and with luck by morning the money and the papers in the vault would be well out of harm's way if tanya could find a place for their safe keeping then so far as roland was concerned they might dynamite the vault to their heart's content droite seventy two gauche twenty three droite seven he had repeated the figures to himself frequently and now continued to do so taking a new delight in their significance twenty-five millions of francs five million dollars 
they might go far if properly used in the interests of the cause he served whose money was this how long had it accumulated and what the purpose of those who had contributed peace surely peace would come most quickly if germany were defeated and was not he the president of nemi the chosen of the council to represent all the members of the society whether socialists revolutionists maximalists minimalists or what not the way was difficult so difficult that there was no arbitrament but the sword the counter-revolutionists of russia should not betray france and those who led russia to destruction under the protection of a fine catchword should not succeed in their treachery if it was in his power to prevent reasoning in this way phil roland lighted another of the cigarettes of the dead ivanitch while he scanned the documents entrusted to him by grisha kodkina and awaited the hour when he should join tanya korasov below in the garden he had no watch but a clock in the hall downstairs announced the hours slowly at eleven he blew out his candle and sat in a chair by the window waiting and listening it was necessary that monsieur kodkina should be disarmed he heard footsteps in the hall outside from time to time and snored discreetly he had taken the precaution to fasten the bolt of his door and so feared nothing from the hall outside in the garden all was quiet the moon had set the moon that had shed its inconstant beams upon his own dissimulation and zoya rochal's alluring female that the essence of all things enchanting the woman of thirty a woman with a past a component of faint delightful odors women like that had a way of going to a fellow's head what the deuce had happened to her after roland's sudden exit from the stage she had set for him he smiled as he remembered the results of his rather violent caress if tanya hadn't roland frowned into the darkness outside tanya he would have given much if tanya korasov hadn't come along just at that moment women were strange creatures he had fallen immeasurably in tanya's eyes the only ones at nemi that mattered he hadn't really wanted to kiss zoya rochal it was merely that her lips were there to take and he had taken them he seemed quite sure that madame rochal had not been displeased and to-morrow he must still play the game the clock in the hallway struck the half-hour half past twelve roland bent over and took off his shoes and then moved stealthily to the window where he stood behind the curtain peering out into the obscurity of the garden there was no lantern upon the mound and no dark figure watching by the tree as there had been last night sure that no one was watching outside he stuck his head and shoulders out of the window and looked around all the lights were out he had at first thought of descending from the window which was less hazardous than passing down the corridor and stairs 
but remembered that last night after tanya's warning he had assured himself that there was no means of entrance to his room by the window the wall below was quite bare of vines or projections and at least thirty feet high there was nothing for it but to go by the corridor and so with infinite pains to make no sound he slowly moved the bolt of the door until it was drawn entirely back and then waited listening silence he turned the knob cautiously and opened the door so far so well after another moment of listening he took up his shoes and on tiptoe went noiselessly down the hallway the house was as silent as the tomb if the other members of the council had any suspicion of one another or of him they gave no sign of it the house indeed was too quiet a snore from the door of monsieur codkina would have comforted him at the top of the stairway he paused there was one step that creaked the tenth from the bottom he had counted it as he came up to-night the tenth from the bottom and there were thirty-three in all the twenty-third then he went down carefully until he had counted twenty-two and then with a hand on the balustrade stepped over what he thought would be the offending stair upon the twenty-fourth when a loud crash seemed to resound from one end of the echoing house to the other idiot twenty-four of course he had not counted the top step to his own ears used to the silence of the house the noise seemed loud enough to have awakened the dead ivanitch and he stood listening for a long minute awaiting the shuffling of feet or the sounds of opening doors above but nothing happened the councillors of nemi still slept roland grinned fool's luck he muttered to himself and carefully opened the door into the garden went out stealing along the shrubbery past the kitchen and in a moment had reached the security of the trees there he stopped to put on his shoes and repeat to himself the numbers of the combination seventy-two twenty-three seven gauche droite gauche or was it droite gauche droite the numbers were right but the direction this was no time to be uncertain in such a matter that bosch bombing party must have done something queer to his head no it was droite gauche droite he was sure tanya would confirm that perhaps he found her in the shadow of the designated trees where she had preceded him by some moments she wore her cowl and robe from beneath the folds of which she brought forth a revolver which she handed to him you have read my mind mademoiselle he whispered joyfully it was this that i wanted the most you heard nothing no but one of the steps creaked abominably and you have you been here long no i came down the back stairs and then turning into the shrubbery beside them with no more ado follow me monsieur she said her manner was eloquent of the business they had at hand 
and reminiscent of nothing personal in their relations her thoughtfulness in arming him was merely a matter of self-protection her trust in him was a matter of necessity for had she not already given him the numbers of the combination he followed her quietly they stole along the outside wall in single file making a complete detour of the garden until they reached a clump of shrubbery near a spot where roland had come over the wall there they followed a well-worn path into the bushes and were confronted by a mound of earth in the face of which was an iron door here tanya paused brought forth a key and in a moment led the way down a flight of steps underground it was pitch black below but tanya who seemed to have thought of everything brought out from the folds of her gown an electric pocket lamp which she turned into the passageway before them at the end of which roland made out a steel door with a shining nickel knob and a handle the vault monsieur roland she said coolly it is of american manufacture doubtless you are familiar she was looking at him as she spoke and her eyes for the moment drove all thought of numbers from his head he caught at her hand mademoiselle before we go on tell me that you've forgiven me i was but serving your cause she shrugged away from him and flashed the light upon the shining metal knob of the vault door serve it here then she said quickly there the numbers droite gauche she was quite relentless he chose to think her repudiation of him the measure of her purity and with a last look at her fine profile bent forward and fingered the metal knob gauche seventy-two he muttered and paused droite monsieur she said sharply do you mean to say that you have forgotten if you would be kind to me mademoiselle he pleaded smiling perhaps i could remember better oh she gasped this is no time to lose one's wits you've robbed me of all i ever had monsieur roland she whispered in anguish the numbers say that you forgive me mademoiselle he pleaded again turning toward her she threw out her arms and the light of the torch went out mademoiselle he was whispering forgive the light of the torch flared suddenly full on his face she had moved a pace away from him and the cowl had fallen from her head but her eyes were studying his face intently forgive he repeated smiling eagerly something in his expression may have satisfied her for she thrust out her hand to meet his own yes yes she muttered hurriedly i forgive and suddenly switched the light upon the door of the vault and now the numbers ah he laughed i remember them instantly droite seventy-two gauche twenty-three droite seven droite is it not extraordinary i cannot do without you mademoiselle tanya nor you without me i shall prove it to you you shall see as she did not reply he relapsed into silence bending in sudden concentration upon his task and in a moment the click of a falling tumbler within the lock announced success the knob moved no more then he took hold of the heavy handle and 
turned toward the girl with a laugh open sesame he said the princess tatiana wishes to enter the light wavered as the girl drew back and roland saw amazement in her eyes princess she was whispering who told you of my title he stared at her blankly and then her meaning came to him why no one mademoiselle the princess tatiana is a fairy friend of my childhood i dreamed of her as now i dream of you she stood puzzled a moment and then switched the light upon the door open monsieur roland she said in a half whisper he grasped the massive handle in both hands and with an effort swung the heavy mass of steel outward and the dark entrance to the vault lay open to them with no further words tanya flashed the light into the interior and quickly entered while roland followed the place had a musty smell but seemed quite dry a fact afterwards explained by a double wall and a deep drainage system the air was close but the electric torch burned brightly revealing rows of shelves each carefully lettered upon which were ancient parchments discolored and illegible documents bearing pendant seals in metal boxes tied with heavy silken cords there was a grinning skull a steel cask of the middle ages a spearhead and an ancient piece of sculpture draped with jewels upon the floor at the further end bulging leather sacks and a rack of modern rifles and ammunition all these roland's glance took in at a first look but his attention was quickly arrested by the actions of tanya korasoff who bade him hold the light while she went to a shelf upon the right where her nimble fingers quickly began running over a pile of documents in modern envelopes tied with tape she read the superscriptions eagerly and at last came to the one she sought as she did so and took the envelope into her hands a slight gasp of triumph escaped her roland looking over her shoulder read eagerly the fine script dossier de gregory codkine and while roland's eyes sparkled with this discovery tanya without ceremony broke the seal and took out the contents scanning the papers rapidly smiling and exclaiming by turns his history here she whispered over her shoulder to roland indicating the first sheet and the evidence there pointing to the documents it is what i have longed for for months evidence proof look she said excitedly read gregory hochwald a commission in the prussian guards nineteen o five signed wilhelm nineteen o eight appointment to the staff nineteen ten resignation liberal tendencies authorized at potsdam russia nineteen eleven instructions from graf von stromberg nineteen twelve head of the secret service monsieur member of the duma other letters of instructions nineteen thirteen nineteen fourteen nineteen sixteen since the war monsieur roland is it not damnable magnificent gasped roland over her shoulder 
we've got him mademoiselle and with a grin he paraphrased triumphantly where molly wore her beads she glanced at him in a moment of incomprehension then thrust the papers into their envelope and slipped them into the belt beneath her gown you see monsieur she whispered kirillo ivanitch was well prepared to deal with this situation he feared grisha kodkina always but seemed to do as he wished now i know why he was awaiting the overt act which should throw the man into his hands my heritage whispered roland and mine said tanya you feared him mademoiselle he holds some thread over you to-day to-night i saw i fear him no longer monsieur roland she smiled confidently mademoiselle said roland with boyish eagerness if you'll only tell me let me help you i will no more violence monsieur i shall deal with grisha kodkina in my own way she took the torch from his hand without a word and led him to a corner of the vault where upon the lower shelf were a number of packages carefully wrapped in black oilcloth banknotes she said each note of a thousand francs or its equivalent there are twenty-five thousand of them what shall we do with them you have a plan the girl nodded it is arranged we have no time to lose picard and stepan are outside the wall you will drop them over i will show you and taking up several packages of oilcloth she bade roland hold out his hands while she filled his arms careful each one contains a fortune follow me she turned toward the door into the passageway then gasped suddenly and stopped dropping her torch which clattered upon the steel floor but in the second before the light was extinguished roland saw that a figure stood at the entrance to the vault a branch of foliage in one hand while in the other pointed directly toward him was a most significant weapon End of chapter seven